You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is an ongoing analysis of two of Cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week we take a look at our favorite giant pterodactyl and discuss its importance in the history of kaiju filmmaking. It's 1956's Rodan. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Bondzilla podcast. Um, I'm Nick. I'm Will. And, uh, yeah, it's... The episodes are kind of blending together a little bit. Like, I know... Not for me, no. I, for me, it is, like for me, it's kind of like a... Like, like the days for me are fine, but, like, you know, I know, like, the, the common thing is, like, oh, the days are blending together. Like, the episodes are kind of blending together well, it's just because a you don't you, you don't announce what the new godzilla episode is until like we no but no it, but it's it's all of them it's, it's all of them like you know just with it's because it, it, the effects of not actually following a canon is starting to right okay cause, because we're jumping up and down right, right. yeah right. yeah it's i guess like, that makes you know it, we're, we're we're on no uh particular timeline and it's, it's also like, like yeah. i will also say i think the thing especially with the godzilla stuff is that like doing that doing a month where we didn't do a godzilla movie which with with the the unproduced american version mm. i think really did because you're thinking of like you know we did have a big gap of like actually technically not watching a godzilla related film mm-hmm. so i feel like that kind of did that no but i'm i'm you know but i've i've set my schedule so i'm pretty solid on on the bond stuff really have you you've, you've set you set your schedule you got it all figured i mean out. i also like re-listen to all these episodes like a lot yeah yeah i can't i couldn't be bothered i, I couldn't be bothered because you know i have to let everybody else listen to it right like if i'm listening to it then you know, I gotta save some listens for everybody else. Sometimes I'll fall asleep listening to the sound of my own voice. That's that's very that's narcissism. That that's that's the it's word, just, right? This is not being able to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, but it's still. Well, it's like narcissism. usually because it's like if I if I can't fall asleep, it's just my mind's everywhere. So I'll put on something that like I've heard or listened to before. Mm. And I feel like the Bonzilla stuff is—it actually is like so familiar because I've said those words before and right. I've heard those words before. You're still not making a good case for yourself. Right. It's like the only—the only soothing voice that could, only, calm, it's that could the, calm you. It's not the only soothing voice. Who, who would you rather hear? Like, what would be the best? Like, all right, we're listening to the Bonzilla podcast, but whose voice is it? Oh, someone else's voice. Yeah. Um, it's a. Good question. Can you imagine Harrison Ford doing this podcast? Harrison Ford and Jeff Goldblum, the like, two of them together. Yeah, you're right, because you, you have somebody who would be so enthusiastic to learn about everything, yeah. and then you have the complete opposite mm-hmm. side of that. Yeah. You basically have one party being like, it's like, oh, Geigen, he's, um, yeah, okay, he's got some uh, some look scissors as, as hands. Get, and, like, uh, Jeff would just be like, oh, look at that right there. He's yeah. got, he's got the, uh, oh, he's wow. Like, wow. He's like, he, he's got like a, 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 a poultry nature uh, to him. And then meanwhile, uh, uh, Harrison Ford would just be like, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Gabra? Oh, yeah. God. 
the other one. I'm that- kind of obsessed with this Jeff Goldblum, like <laughs> like doing this the canon over, but with Jeff Goldblum. I I would love to like if we had one of those like YouTube videos, like the one you know, like the ones from like Vanity Fair and GQ, all the ones that have been popular. Where it's like a, a actor going through their career. Or right, right, right. Quite, yeah. Like, here's the Google thing, and they're yeah. they're very like easy to watch. You know, you can kind of binge them in a row. Yeah, those are fun. I actually like. But those. like just doing one of those. But just showing Jeff Goldblum like kaiju monsters and having him like just talk about them, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, oh, like one of the yeah, like you just show him the picture of yeah. one and then yeah. he describes it, and mm-hmm. then everyone would have ten out of a possible ten Goldblums, as he as he yeah. always says. Although having watched a lot of those, I bet I've I think one of the things more so than Godzilla movies, I think I've watched every Jeff Goldblum. Uh, video okay. so we could probably do that on on, on right. this podcast the, the the only other person like and it's i i say this name because every time i watch one of those videos with him i'm just enchanted by the way that he presents himself john cena doing those videos because yes yeah you yeah. know because he's because he's, he's got that like kind of like his, his shtick is that he like acts like very proper yeah and like, but he's serious. saying the dumbest shit right right um, the only other person... Wait, why can't that just be... This would be one of those things if we were a bigger podcast is like we would go and like to celebs. Yeah. And then like show them like maybe six or seven different kaiju and then we give... They, they have to give their thoughts on each just one. Just imagining like we were big enough to like 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 if we were like at a comic con which of course sadly isn't happening this year so I just made myself sad. But if you're at comic con we're in like those media rooms... And like our thing is just like we're showing people Godzilla mm-hmm. pictures, like we're like yeah, especially people that we know don't like care. You, like you can't you can't show like Seth Green right. like the Godzilla monsters. Right. You have to show like um like like who would be there? I don't know somebody like on Supernatural, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> something like yeah. something like that. But yeah, I'm a- I'm actually I'm actually seeing it. See, that's what we need. If I'll work on my impressions, yeah. And then we and then we could do it because you could like imagine walking, doing one of them. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like a he's like a bird of some of some kind. Uh, got some some <laughs> some metal claws. <laughs> this one he's got size for hands, and he's looking like a bird of some sort with a buzz saw. Yeah. On his, on his, um, on his yeah. Who else has a weird voice? Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Oh yeah, like we get like Dan um, Pavel. Yeah, yeah. See, that would be a fun one because you're like, oh, get like Doofenshmirtz. Yeah. As like he's like, ah, oh, he's got, uh, he's got a buzzinator on his. <laughs> a bu- <laughs> for, right. That, that's for all the. I'm sure. I'm and sure. Fans. I'm sure. Pav and Meyer would would. <laughs> if you've ever. That that came out way better than I thought it was. Going to be. That's not a, I mean, that's not a terrible Doofenshmirtz. Um, Pavenmeyer is another person that just watching him improv as Doofenshmirtz is like the best. Yeah, it's just so much fun. It's like one of my. We can get like we can get the Muppets to do it. Yeah, you get you you get the you get you get. The oh, because Gonzo would think that he's a big metal chicken. Right. Yeah. You're he, right. Yeah. yeah. That, that is because the joke being is that Geigen is, yeah. is 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 a chicken. I saw I saw Gonzo once live make a sex joke about robot chicken. Maybe this is what he, what he was talking about, and he <laughs> no, didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. He was just talking about the show Robot Chicken. Oh, okay. Like 
but this would be even bigger for him. You you just can't give me the the segue. Like you 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 had to. How is this a segue? Well, because I was gonna take it back to Godzilla things. Here's my here's here's my question. In your mind, like you know, you were talking about something different, and I was talking about a different thing. Yeah. It, it, it compelled you to correct me, right? Like. There was just no way you were just gonna like just well, kind of then, like but I was easily let it, it go. It was gonna make Gonzo more excited because it was bigger, right? You know. Go ahead, you can do it. Now, no, I you're just, not. Now you're trying to save I face. Just, I just did. Yeah, I just, I'll just, I did. No, that was terrible. That was, I was awful. Gonna, I mean, you didn't make your case. No, denied. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't making a case. I was just saying that's what I was going to say. Right, right, right. Sure you were. Sure I you just, were. I just like talking to you. Is that a, so much of a problem? You're always talking about these segues. I just enjoy the conversation, you know. I, I think it's. I think. I think I need a divorce. <laughs> Here are the papers. Here are the papers, guys. That this is actually the return of the papers. We haven't had the, the papers. papers. Yeah, we haven't had the papers in a long time. I got some papers. Which yeah, are, this is wasting more of the environment's you mean, precious I'm gonna, resources. I'm throw them away. <laughs> about that's uh circle. you might, might want to rethink what circle of life <laughs> it's not how that works circle of life mm. anyway wasting ink that's more so uh speaking of um ink's expensive yeah so you buy more <laughs> <laughs> like what are you talking about quarantine ink um Quar- quarantine ink incorporated <laughs> Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. Wait, that's got to be a joke somewhere, right? Like something Inc. Incorporated. Inc. Inc. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, speaking of um, giant poultry, uh, in, in, in a sense. Um, a terrible segue. Well, I had one earlier, but you just stepped all over it. Like and You did not have one earlier. You didn't give me a chance. You, you, were, you still to to, we were still me. talking about the giant chickens. Right. And guess who's kind of a giant chicken? Rodan's not at all a giant chicken. He's, he's got wings, and you know he's got. And who knows what chickens Eagles look like back in wings. the day? Yeah. Well, hey, listen. I I would have been like, speaking of giant chickens, chickens are kind of like eagles, which fly like pterodactyls. And speaking of pterodactyls, Rodan. <laughs> yes, we're 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 here to finally. Um, excuse me. We're here to finally um complete the. I guess you could call the Trinity in a, in a way in, in of, a sense, of, of yeah. the heroic kaiju. Um, yeah, it's but it's basically like we're gonna finish up seeing the the really the origins of like the main timeline Godzilla yes. kaiju because yeah. really like when it's like we we've talked about I think briefly like the Mount Rushmore and just in terms of like how just in terms of appearances and how even Toho I feel views them like the Mount Rushmore of Godzilla kaiju are like are yeah. Godzilla Mothra Rodan and, and Ghidorah yeah. and Ghidorah we all three heads in the in the Packed into yeah, the yeah, one thing. Yeah, packed into one thing, but you know, Ghidorah like comes in the main timeline. That's his debut. It's not like there's a separate Ghidorah movie. And obviously, first Godzilla episode was Godzilla Gojira fifty four. We've talked about Mothra, and now it's time to get that Rodan and yeah. other like you know, other than seeing what that giant thing was in War of the Gargantuans, which will happen someday. Right. Like right. this is like kind of the main well, like I, the last I to, of the real main kaiju that appears, other than like, you know, like there's like Amanda or like all those kind of movies. Uh yeah, I mean there there's those. I mean I have to admit it was a um 
it was a tie between Rodan and War of the Gargantuans, but... The thing about Rodan was that it, it, to be fair, it is the last of the kind of like the Toho and Godzilla right. it's like canon. The, it's really and, the last of like the big monsters that we've seen in um, right. in in the Godzilla, and that have a legacy within the Godzilla franchise. Because, like I said, there are like the Mandas out there, mm-hmm. but like it's not like though that monster has a huge legacy. It's like it appeared in Destroy All Monsters, so, and that's so essentially it. everybody will have to wait for the Manda show. Is yeah. uh, is is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Manda bites. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he wants to laugh. <laughs> Wow! You, you, yeah, you want to laugh at that way more than you're comfortable I just with. I just didn't expect it. <laughs> All right, that bring was, it. Bring that, in the dance in a beer. That's, that's a commission you, we need to get now. We need to get the Manda show with the with the dancing of beeras. Can you find someone to do that? To do that for <laughs> you, nice and colored and everything. Um, I have to rewatch that show. I, I don't remember like the the bits like. I mean, the only ones I really did, did she. It was like an SNL thing where she came out on stage, right? Yeah, like, it was. It was. A, was like, it was kind of a sketch show. But the only, the only, but yeah. But there was like the interludes were like, like wasn't like, like yeah, yeah. It was. It kinda, was like her. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then it was like all that. Right. But like her own show, it was yeah. like her own spinoff. Isn't that kind of weird that like we watched both of those and then and at no point we were just like they're on the same network. Yeah, I know, but at no point we we're like. I think Nickelodeon's double dipping here. <laughs> they got two sketch shows. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's comedy well, I central. Think, like, it's one of those things where it's like I think like it was kind of one. I don't really, I don't remember. I think they were they may have like had the end of their runs or like the end of all that transition to the beginning of the Amanda Show might have been something like that, mm. where it was like kind of the successor. Mm. Like all, all I like I really remember are the courtroom bringing the dance right bringing the dance and love, and then yeah. the fake soap opera yeah. that they had. With the mother that was stuck on the hot air balloon. Right. Yeah. I, I remember that one. Um, we should talk about monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rodan, uh, 1956, the original film. Um, and this was a fun one because I, I actually had not had never seen it. Yeah. Um, and, and frankly, it is one of those uh, – one. I mean – the Toho films, especially when you get into the Showa era, are all kind of like notoriously little um, information. Well, it, not only information; it's just the the actual getting a copy to watch is oh, kind of yeah, all okay, over the yeah. place. Like there, it's not like they're readily available. And if we remember, like Mothra uh, just got its major uh, Blu-ray release. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were Mothra was a little bit more available, but. Um, in terms of having like a big like oh it's like the steel book and like yeah that was the thing that's like, like yeah. the, the Mothra that we saw was a very recent release right because basically like we mean if you go back to our our like our earlier episodes we talk about just you like the processes you had to go through to get stuff like a Bira and sure and yeah, Medora yeah, yeah and stuff like that like you know like getting the eBay and everything like that and then now of course we're like fortunate enough to have like that whole Showa collection. Um, uh, you know, from Criterion, and we have this Mothra, and I'm sure, like, you know, at some point, like, you know, you definitely could find uh, more of that stuff coming out in the future. 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they, like, you could easily follow up the Showa releases with, like, a Hasty thing or or a Millennium Era thing, too, you know. Well, I, I, but those are probably more readily. Available. Yeah, I mean, and this is kind of really what because we are going to talk about the movie. There's not too much to kind of get into, like the the behind the scenes of the movie. Though, there, timeline wise, there's some interesting stuff. But I, I think we're going to be spending uh, much of the movie, much as we did with the Mothra episode, talking about kind of like the legacy of Rodan uh, within yeah. uh, the entire franchise. And it, it's funny, off mic. You had uh, compared these episodes to like our deep dives on like the actors, or like you know, yeah. so, or we do kind of like a more legacy episode on like each of the like the bonds. So it's like kind of funny. Like that is this equivalent, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the monster. Yeah, very much like there. the Rodan is basically like same thing as kind of the the Daniel Craig or the Timothy Dalton episode, where mm-hmm. it's just like you know, like there's definitely something to talk about about their careers and stuff, but it's more about like how we view them as an actor, which I feel like. You know, and, and kind of what their legacy is as an actor, where I feel like uh, Rodan is going to be in a very similar place where we're going to be really talking about just Rodan. And, it's, and Rodan's like a very interesting monster to have that legacy, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Which um, I think we'll get into. Right. Um, so the biggest thing really to talk about with Rodan, um, the film... Uh, is to look back on the timeline. So uh, we have Godzilla come out in uh, 1954. 1954 uh, a sequel uh, just just shot out uh, the uh, the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in, right. That's right. Yeah. So and so that's the thing. It's like you have to remember that you know Godzilla was like a, a big hit. Like everybody liked it. And then Toho, it, it was the example of like a a, a rushed sequel like yeah. they were just like let's capitalize on this uh on the on on this and yeah. uh, make a make a new movie um and at, in the history of it you know not nearly as well received as the first one and then up until that point we wouldn't be seeing uh, Godzilla again up until King, uh, Kong. King Kong versus Godzilla the, yeah in the 60s and and in that meantime it's important also to know or remember that this is way early in like the history of Godzilla and Toho and monster filmmaking uh, to the point that you know Godzilla was just like that really that one film that was like successful right. and that everybody was fond of and liked so Godzilla in the mind of Toho and the audiences was nowhere near even a potential franchise like because yeah, exactly. even when King Kong versus Godzilla came out it came out with King Kong getting top billing and then it was more like I think we've discussed many times like that movie may have been more to make a King Kong movie uh, and they, they were like well we want to do a King Kong movie and it'd be fun if it fought somebody oh why don't we bring back Godzilla mm-hmm. so like it's kind of funny to think about that Godzilla at one point was the hey let's uh take that off of the roster like let, let, yeah. let's let's uh no i mean it, it very much is it's just like you could see again where they are at this point it's just like they're just making they made a monster movie and then they made a sequel that didn't do as well and that's that's it that's basically it because it's, it's not like bond because bond you know when we talk about that bond franchise bond was very much like um you know, they had all those books, they had all that source material, so they knew they had something here. When they made Dr. No, like, if it was successful, they knew they could pull out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is more similar to that, like, I wouldn't even say it's close to Star Wars, because even Lucas, even if he didn't, 
you know, we've really come to terms that he didn't really know the exact direction he wanted the franchise to go after the 77 original, he still had an inkling of like, well, I do want to do more of these, you know? Um, well, also the other thing to remember too, is that the monster, and this is probably the most important piece of the puzzle is that the monster movie was still a very novel mm-hmm. uh, thing, not in cinema yeah. history, because right. as we have grown that like the Japanese, um, introduction into doing a lot of these monsters came from the fascination with King Kong and the Harryhausen films and that whole style of filmmaking. And even if there were examples here and there, it was really Godzilla was the one that broke out. Yeah. And it was kind of like a very like single like mm-hmm. hit and there yeah. there really wasn't a franchise um yeah. at that point. Right. It's like it'd be like if you made Die Hard and then years later you're like, oh we got the rights to Terminator. Wouldn't it be cool? Let's bring out John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> Could you? I kind of want to live in that reality. Like, like, well, that's what you. So they make Die Hard, and then they make Die Hard Two, and it's really fast, and it's basically the same movie, right? And right. Then, and, and then John nobody, McClane's on the table. He's like, oh, like that really successful thing. People kind of go back to it, but then it's like, yeah, we. Have and this. they're like, okay, we have this idea for a time traveling robot, and they're like, okay, well, who's our main character? And then some crazy producers like. Hey, I remember that movie Die Hard? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, oh, come on. This this is where we're talking about like here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. Cinema has never been great. It's just it's always good, but you cannot call cinema great if that's not the history that we have. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, no. I mean, hey, it's this truth. Um so so anyway, um, so those are the two really only big Godzilla or monster films uh, to their names. At least the big notable ones is Godzilla and Godzilla Raids again. Uh, so we're heading kind of we're heading into the fifties. And also remember, Honda didn't direct uh, Godzilla Raids right, again yeah. either. Uh, Honda went on to direct other other films, uh, but then as the um, that itch to do a, a movie like Godzilla was still definitely there. Like probably not. Godzilla himself because they rushed out the sequel but obviously huge success they were obviously interested Toho um, mm-hmm. being them were uh, interested in doing these monster movies so eventually it, it didn't take them long before they wanted to you know try to pick up the reins in, in the business again and uh, go for it and um, this is where Rodan kind of has like a really um, underrated um uh, spot in the history of kaiju filmmaking yeah. because this Rodan was actually, uh, can, in retrospect, the first big film to reintroduce this new um, wave of yeah like, wave, wave of monster films. Uh-huh. It is very interesting because I feel like there's a lot of those types of examples throughout just movie history, and I feel like Rodan really places himself into a spot of like a movie that's like. Unsung in its importance because we kind of we go back to the giants like with with Godzilla we go back to like fifty four being this like gigantic you know moment of cinema and what it represents and then we jump to like King Kong versus Godzilla as being like this reintroduction to Godzilla and re- the real jump starter into the franchise and I feel like you know I can already compare it to like my Disney history where I feel like there's a couple of films within that canon that people don't really consider like as important as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rodan kind of fits nicely into that, where it's like, this is kind of... Because I asked you 
um, beforehand, like where this was, you know, if it was before or after Mothra, just to kind of gather thoughts. Well, and on the it. only reason I and, I and I told you that off mic was because it really is the most interesting aspect right. of the history. And so thinking about it, it's like, oh, if it's 56, it's really right after, you know, the Godzilla stuff. So it really is just like, this is kind of the point of like where Honda and Toho are kind of committing that, like, we're, we don't have just one monster. We can do this. Right. With other monster ideas, and that's really the important thing about Rodan uh, and this film is that like Rodan is just like and whatever success it has, I'm sure we'll talk about that. It just essentially leads into you know doing Mothra, and then eventually it does lead to them being like, well, we want to do King Kong, and it just kind of really gets that whole history. Yeah, and um, another it was funny the the uh, another example like this that you can call is like Rodan's kind of like the blade of um like the, how blade was to superhero movies right. because like you know a lot of people say x-men was like that first movie but if you really look at the history like blade was kind of like that first like major like marvel like we're adapting like a marvel superhero movie right. into them and uh and that is kind of and again or has its fans not that big of a splash but when you think about it, it's definitely one of those things where it's like it, it came out and it has a legacy that definitely, especially like when you look at X-Men and it like kind of being in the in the same feed as Blade with like, you know, having the same look and everything and like with a black leather and everything. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of has yeah. that, Rodan kind of has that same uh, yeah. piece, a like piece of the puzzle. Splash in Disney history. Really? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Explain. Well, no, because like, the splash. I mean, it's a whole thing. Splash and the splash is the first Touchstone film, mm-hmm. which is the first adult film that Disney makes, and it's huge success. And its success at the box office basically is the start of the transition from Disney as this small studio doing big things to becoming a big studio right. doing big things. And it's like, but so th- this is where it's hard though. Like with what is the next movie? I mean, I guess you can make a case that. Um, I guess you can make a case that King Kong versus Godzilla was the next big one cuz I actually hear a lot of I hear a lot of references to like even like American stars and um talking about how that was like another kind of like movie that they saw as a kid. Well, I mean, but the, the thing is so about like, King Kong the, versus Godzilla is that it does bring more I mean, the thing about King Kong versus Godzilla um is that it brings attention to an international audience because of the King Kong as a familiar face. Right. Like, you know, we, we, we talked about that early on in the podcast where we talked about how, you know, what the effects of those first two had, you know, and where, because, you know, obviously Godzilla famously had its American edit with the Steve Martin character, and there's that element of that history. But then, you know, with raids again it was very much like we're gonna do gigantic the fire monster like that was like the thing that you know it was okay well we're already back to kind of being just like translating it whatever which way we want to go but king kong versus godzilla is important and i'm sure we'll we'll deeper dive into king kong i don't need to make this a king kong podcast but you know if rodan is kind of the start of all of this you know it's very much like um uh what i was gonna say Rodan is kind of like leads into the path that eventually gets to King Kong versus Godzilla, which makes this kind of international splash because of the name that King Kong has to a Western sure, audience. Sure, sure. I guess I guess that's and like and a then big, that's a big you know thing. that's kind of the real true introduction to Godzilla, and then you know there are varying degrees of Godzilla's knowledge of, of of people's knowledge of Godzilla in other markets, 
but it really is King Kong is just like it has a name attached to it. Like you could yeah. like if if that film was Rodan versus Godzilla, like you know, that just wouldn't have made it as much of an impact no, and that's no, the no, case. No, no, no. Um but Rodan is kind of an unsung hero of in that way definitely because not only does Rodan come out and is like the first of the wave of this next um series of monster films uh, it's also distinguished as being one of the first ones in color, which was like a, a different because at this point it's like both the original two Godzilla mm-hmm. films were both black and white films. Uh, so now you have this film coming out uh, in in color, and um, really when it comes in when it came to making this film, a lot of it kind of still had the energy of like let's see if we can just recapture the magic of what we did with the original Godzilla film. Um, which, as you kind of watch the film, it, it's very telling. Like, it's very telling. Like, it, an, an interesting um, comparison is between this film and Mothra. For in in some yeah. ways, in which I will will get into surely. But the uh, so when they approached this film, it was just basically like let let's just do another Godzilla film. Um, this time, obviously, uh, they were going to invest a little bit more in the monsters. Um, ha- be a little bit more ambitious with like the monsters, um, and have uh s- s- something more of a budget to it. But then the biggest thing was bringing Honda back uh to uh, direct to to, di- to direct the film. Um, so really, in in terms of uh the the film itself, really doesn't have too big of like a history behind it. Um, the idea of like it being a pterodactyl um, or like a prehistoric pterodactyl creature was something that was kind of like very early on. It was just like kind of like an obvious, uh, obviously conceived thing. It's like, oh, like, you know, we had Godzilla the first time and, you know, he kind of fights like an Ankylosaurus thing the next time. So they still had kind of like dinosaurs on the brain. Yeah. Um, and... And it kind of just seems like a natural progression. Like now we're going to do a flying monster, mm-hmm. um, so that that makes the most sense. So, with uh, in terms of the conceit of the story, um, the writer of the uh, of the film uh, wanted to combine that element with a story he heard of a Kentucky uh, air um, like a National Guard uh, pilot mm-hmm. um, who um, allegedly. Um, Cra- he either disappeared or crashed uh, based off because he was chasing a UFO. Um, so basically kind of like was just inspired by this uh, pilot uh, being yeah. destroyed by a UFO story, yeah. uh, which as we see in the film manifests at, at least in, in one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but and then no, no aliens. No, no, no. So from then, from, from there on, they kind of just go ahead and then they just make, they, they write and make this what ends up being just kind of like a very um straightforward uh monster flick that that we are kind of more familiar with with um the Godzilla in fact like it's interesting as we get into it to see how kind of like bare bones the movie is and it reminds you a little bit of like just kind of like that there's really not too much else going on other than like oh there's a monster mm-hmm. and and it is kind of funny to 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 go back to the days where it is that it is that streamlined. Um, well, you look like you were about to say something. No, I have a comparison, but I think I'm going to save this for when we actually start talking about thoughts on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe soon because there's really there, there's really not um, too much else to talk about. I think the biggest thing, though, and if as we lead into it, I I think the biggest get was a Shiro Honda because I think this is another important yeah. thing that we should talk about. That this was. 
a Shiro Honda, I think that we have attributed to like the biggest quote that's attributed to him is that he looks as mo- at monsters as being like these big tragic figures is that they're kind of like in the grand scheme of things like um, burdened by their own existence is, mm-hmm. is kind of like the quote that he, is most often attributed to him. Um, and there's a little bit of that where you can see that uh, in his original Godzilla film where it's hard to, and it's interesting now that I say this out loud, it's kind of like not to, as we always do get on GMK, but I think this kind of actually illustrates maybe why fundamentally we have like an issue with that film is that the way that Honda presented the original Godzilla film was in a way where there really wasn't a strict morality to the creature itself. It's like the creature is literally just a product of the world and the nature around it. Yeah. And therefore it's just like an animal. And it's kind of like that thing that I personally feel about animal. Like you can't blame an animal for being an animal type of thing. Right. It's very much the theme of like a lot of stuff in the Hasey era. This is a constant thing. It's just like Godzilla is a creature. It's moving. Or, or of course that's, you know, the kind of thing is used almost... Especially, like, the late Hasey era. The, late Hasey era. Mm-hmm. It's used brilliantly, too, in Shin, where it's, like, again, it's just... The, 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 that is, like, again, he's a force of nature. He's just a creature on land now, and we got to deal with it sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think Shin is... It's a little bit different. Yeah, Shin, Shin's a little bit more but it, nihilistic, but in the same vein where it's not it's not a moral right, kind of Right, it's not a quandary, moral thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm, I've, I'm always interested in that Godzilla's hero that we get at the end of the Showa era. Like, that's kind of what I always go back to. And, like, the, the kind of, like, stuff like Mechagodzilla is stuff I like. But I definitely do also appreciate that kind of later Hasty era stuff where it's basically, like, Godzilla is kind of just this creature affected by the world around him. And it's just kind of how we deal with him more so than anything else. And, and I think the reason I bring up Honda is that just... Ooh, excuse me, had to burp. Um, just even like the conceptually surrounding the creature, the the creature itself is very matter of fact. Uh, in conceptually, it's a product of the world and the nature, or just exists by natural means. But like the biggest thing that you see in is the the end of of Godzilla. Like it's definitely the defeat of Godzilla is not played triumphantly. No. Is, is what I would say. Um. And let's remember that this was Honda's big coming out party as a giant monster filmmaker. Yeah. So this is really his second time at bat in a major way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like kind of that that commitment to doing these monster movies too. Because yeah. you could also like, when we talk about like, if we go back to that first episode and we talk about how, you know, basically this was like Honda was doing other stuff and, you know, we wanted to make kind of these other war movies and other, like... And he was still working. Like, I mean, his 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 career was definitely, like, he was still pumping out, like, projects, like... And also, this is Toho in, in Japan, so it's, you know, you pump out, like, a few right. projects. Right, like, it's in, like these movies are made relatively quickly and, you know, with that sort of stuff. But it's one of those things where... This is kind of going back to it again. That Boards of the Rodan is that it kind of commits Honda to being like, I'm interested in these monster films because again, there's a reality where he does Godzilla and like that's his monster movie, kind of like, like that's his thing about right. that. Mm-hmm. Like just like you know, it's like, like you know, Tarantino does like his Kill Bill is like, okay, these are my kind of Japanese kind of like you know old school kind of samurai movie inspired things mm-hmm. right where right. it's like these kind of big like things i saw done this movie and then he kind of does other stuff where it's like you could imagine that honda does like godzilla 
and then just moves on to kind of doing just other films again. Mm-hmm. But coming back and doing Rodan, it kind of just puts him on this path of being like the godfather of these monsters mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. that he comes back, you know, and then of course he does King Kong versus Godzilla. He helps, you know, with Ghidorah, like introduces all that, you know, and, and you know, destroy all monsters. Well, and all I this. mean, like, but he eventually, like, it just commits him to this life where it's like he's comfortable coming back to these films and really setting up this world that we eventually see. And again, I think this is where, in many ways, there's not that much to say about the original Rodan movie, but it occupies so many of these, like, little kind of important things that you wouldn't think about. Yeah. Like, it's restarting the wave. It's bringing Honda back into the fold of like making these mm-hmm. types of movies, and he would go on to make many more after this. Right. And so it it definitely um, has has more unsung importance, I think. Um, and the last thing I want to say before we actually get into into the movie proper um, is just kind of like a brief retrospective and a question going into this movie. So. We're kind of going into this movie similar with Mothra, where we have a history of Rodan. Already at our feet. So what, just going into the film, what was kind of like your feelings or anticipation and... Like what? Like what? What were you thinking? Like, like where? Where? Where well, did you stand on Rodan and like going into it? What? What, what was your thought process? I was kind of thinking because Rodan is a very interesting creature in and of itself. Just in the sense of the films that he's like been in and how he's been presented, because I was trying to think of like, okay, what are all the movies that we've seen Rodan in? And of course, his major coming out party in the Godzilla franchise is um, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, where he plays a major role, fights Godzilla, eventually teams up, you know, that whole thing. We have him in, um, and of course, Ghidorah is still one of my favorite movies, and Rodan is a big part of that. Um, then we have him in. Uh, you know, Astro Monster, where none of those monsters really get any sort of right, like right. real do, mm-hmm. doesn't appear again really until Destroy All Monsters, um, and then after that, right, right, and then after that, he's just kind of like peppered into like stock footage. Yeah, he's stock peppered footage, into stock yeah. footage until we get to Mechagodzilla two, right, and then Final Wars and King of the Monsters are kind of his last two, and mm-hmm. like it's interesting just because like. Rodan, I feel like, has two great appearances within the Godzilla franchise. Mm-hmm. It's Ghidorah and, and Mechagodzilla 2. Mm. And the thing is, if we go back to remembering Mechagodzilla 2, I think this is a real part of where the Rodan legacy lies. One of the things where it's like, once I kind of figured out that Rodan was going to be in this movie, in Mechagodzilla 2, my thought was, well, how? what are they going to do to like modernize him? Because mm. the thing is, it's like, Rodan as a creature really didn't have and, and just in terms of how you presented the Godzilla films didn't really have that edge that like Mothra Ghidorah or Godzilla had right right like you you saw him fly sometimes you know very even like his supersonic speed and like his wind really wasn't like referenced that much in in Ghidorah if I remember correctly or doesn't make an impact as much as kind of his his other stuff is mm-hmm. it's cool to see him kind of flying and does have that speed and and I remember Ghidorah, they do present his flight in a different style than Mothra, that they're two different creatures, especially because Mothra is in her larva form in that movie. Right, right. So, like, he really gets to stand out in that way, and it was also really interesting to see Godzilla take on a flying creature, which we hadn't seen him do because his his fights had been against um, uh, King Kong and, and, and Giris. So he really hadn't had that up against him 
other than like fighter jets and stuff. So seeing kind of like a fighting creature and like seeing how that affects Godzilla was really neat. And then again, but when we went into Mecha Godzilla 2, my thought was, well, like, like what are they going to do with him? Mm-hmm. And then of course that movie brilliantly reinvents the character yes, and modernizes yeah. it and does so much to make you, you know, it's like, it's funny because like that, appearance like of, of fire rodan and rodan's appearance is i think one of the strongest appearances of like a kaiju in like any of these films because they take rodan they take that style and like give him that boost and it was really neat to see him i think in king of the monsters um because it really did feel like and having gone back and talked about rodan and, and kind of that history it only comes it all comes back to him being like an unsung hero of right. just the franchise as a whole and just like from a behind the scenes perspective. So kind of to see him kind of get his due in an American film now retrospectively is like even more cool than it well, was. I mean, that's the big thing about him having his appearance in King of the Monsters um, is, is the rec- is the validation that he has a seat at the table mm-hmm. um, in, in a way when you, when you really think about and it. And I think it's also because like when you look again, that kind of, that quad that Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. obviously you have Godzilla who's like the star like the one of the most famous giant monsters of all time you have Ghidorah who has established himself in most of his appearances as like the main bad guy like the big bad of these films like right, he's constantly right. brought That's in true. and then you have Mothra who has uh you know kind of again a more spiritual edge but also has had you know um her own set of films, not just her original 1961 right, right. film. She has those hasty era films as well. And she's kind of got like a ying to Godzilla's yang. Right. Type and there's thing like a more on. peaceful element. So Rodan has always kind of been of those four that constantly are referenced, constantly are brought up. Um, Rodan is kind of the one that do- never really had that time to shine in that sort of sense. It's also because there really isn't a, solid like through line of what Rodan's deal is like traditionally in the Showa era he's like kind of like a like an ally I would just say like he he he, I mean throughout the series you he's the closest thing that you could say is kind of like a friendly rival to to Godzilla I I think that's where and I think that's where King of the Monsters I think when you look at when you look at like his I think would say his three main appearances Mm -hmm. Ghidorah Mechagodzilla 2 and King of the Monsters. Mm. I think what's really interesting about all of those is the fact that all of them really feature like Rodan at points as like an antagonistic force, mm. but not like a, you know, it's like one of the... Not an like, evil force. Yeah, because it's like in in Ghidorah, he's fighting Godzilla kind of as a rival and as sort of this thing, and then it's Mothra that has to convince, you know, and and our human characters that have to convince them to fight up against Ghidorah and team up. So eventually, you know, Rodan goes from kind of like fighting Godzilla to like, okay, well, we need, we all need to stop this guy. In Mechagodzilla 2, it's sort of that same thing where he's fighting Godzilla, and then he kind of has his appearance at the end, but there's, you know, there's a whole thing about, you know, protecting family and that yeah. whole thing. Um, and it's really, again, it's not presented as like, oh, he's like the bad guy because, again, Godzilla is kind of more of that antagonistic nature film, uh, antagonistic force in those films just by nature of what the Hasty era is. But Rodan is kind of also just kind of like, again, presented a kind of a part of nature, an animal, and then right. when he comes in at the end, they just kind of have to deal with it. And then King of the Monsters, of course, he's someone who definitely has a kind of an antagonistic spin, but 
you know, bows to Ghidorah when Ghidorah's king, and then bows to Godzilla, you right, know, when right. Godzilla's yeah, king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got, it's basically he's got like, that little, he, little but it's that sort of the, that there's sort of a, there is kind of a similar thing. Yeah, it's just that got good. Rodan really never had truly enough appearances to really, you know, um, give him that really that character in that in in that sense, yeah, like I, like a consistent character. It, and for me, kind of going into this film. Even just one more thing, even just as much as, you know, he doesn't really have a home because like Mm -hmm. Mothra has like Infant Island, Ghidorah generally comes from space or, you know, whatever that may be. Like he's, he's an alien most of the time. And Godzilla has like, you know, the, the nuclear origins. Whereas like, you know, it's not like Rodan, like we kind of know he's like kind of involved in mountains in some way, but like, I think I would, I would say that I think King of the Monsters, another thing that King of the Monsters does for the character Rodan is kind of establish that identity that now Rodan and like the volcano is kind of like a thing and yeah. so well it's just like it kind of hammers that, that home yeah, yeah. and, and if for me kind of going into it I've always liked Rodan so Rodan was just kind of always like good by me um, I, but I would say much like you it's truest m- m- uh, greatest appearance is the reinvention in Mechagodzilla 2 um, and that was when like like that's really like like when you see the Rodan, you're like, oh, like that's like this is the, this creature coming into its own, and then all the reasons I said about King of the Monsters because like, I, and I think that those two for me remain um, the the at this point uh, the uh, Rodan's best two appearances, and I think for me it's because in Mechagodzilla two is just an overall effects story everything character wise and. And and let's be fair, for, for me, King of the Monsters does kind of represent Rodan in a, in a very effective, powerful way that modern visual effects, very close to like kind of like the praise that we give Ghidorah, is like there is a level of threat and destruction and power that Rodan frankly doesn't really never has in any of the Toho films. Like to, he's always kind of dist- uh, uh, established as like uh like a tier below. Yeah. Like he like he's always going to be like he at best he's going to be a a tier, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the tiers, right? In like video games like when people write tier lists it's like A and then S. Yeah, S A B C. Yeah, so it's like he's always at best he can be A tier, but like Godzilla and Ghidorah and Mothra they're always going to be in the S tier. I think and for me what I liked about King of the Monsters is that even though, yes, he does eventually bow to them, there was that sense that, oh, Rodan is playing on the equal playing field. Right. That he's, the he's, other a, cr- he's a wild card. You're right. And, but like even just in power and stuff, like, yeah. it, like it's felt like Rodan is equally given like the same kind of destructive gravitas that like the other monsters oh, are yes, given. Oh, yes, 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 of course. So, though, so going into this film, like, you know, I always liked Rodan. At, that's the thing. I've always liked in the Showa era, Rodan is a supporting character. So it was very interesting. And, and to be fair, I walked into this movie kind of knowing all about it. Like, yeah, I just had never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to finally actually watch a movie where Rodan, um, is the main player. It, yep. it was kind of like the biggest thing for me. One thing to consider too, with Rodan, it's very easy to imagine Rodan getting that same Angiris treatment where it's just like, right. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. Like, Rodan like, has the seat that Angiris desperately wants. <laughs> at the table <laughs> yeah but it's just basically like if Mechagodzilla 2 if he's not in Mechagodzilla 2 it's easy to imagine that he doesn't appear again until Final Wars because 
you know, it's like, again, that that main three, it's like Godzilla's going to appear in them because it's his franchise at this point. Mm-hmm. Mothra just is special enough that's like she's always going to be around. There's always going to be a spot for her. And then Ghidorah, again, occupies that big bad where it's like if you need to pull in a bad guy, you got Ghidorah. Where it's right. like Rodan could have easily been skipped over in the Heisei era and been just like yeah. Angiris where it's just like, like even the fact like you're watching Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and then he shows up like yeah. oh that like that, that's right. a treat that, that, that exactly. they added him to exactly. the story and again like they they portray him brilliantly there but again it's just that's like kind of where Rodan is he's very much on that edge but he just kind of makes himself into that kaiju royalty yeah all right well uh, let's uh, get right into it uh, let's talk about uh, Rodan. <laughs> When he moves, the whole earth quivers and quakes, and an abyss of horror opens up. See these prehistoric beasts emerge from the bowels of the earth after 200 million years to devastate mankind. Even guided missiles are powerless. See Rodan destroy a modern city, leveling it to the earth with a killing airstream of his mighty wings. Nothing can stop him. Nothing escapes this monstrous beast of evil. So, okay, here we go. Rodan. Um, or as we like to call, the Rodans. The Rodans. <laughs> if you remember that as that, uh, whatever that, that little is. joke. I, I think that's also a piece we do need to be yeah, we, we If we had t-shirts, that. that would definitely be a t-shirt. Yeah. Definitely. Or like if we had like a studio, yeah. like that where if we had a video component, it would be like framed. It in would the be background. like in the background, yeah. like kind of like just in the style of like the Roseanne poster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Rodans. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, the, the, so the, the, this was um, I'm glad we watched this one. I'm glad to finally check this off of my 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 kaiju, my my, my kaiju bucket list. But it was also like super fascinating. Like I said, comparing it uh, between Godzilla, this and Mothra uh, eventually, because the biggest thing that struck me about this film was that in many of the best and okay ways, because I don't even want to say the worst ways, but it does strike me as them getting back into the monster making game, and it feels a little bit like them um using Godzilla the original Godzilla as a template for for what they for what they wanted to do but at the same time kind of admirably portraying a completely different environment and um kind of uh framing everything completely differently um but it the thing that struck me most about the movie um and we, you had kind of alluded to this while we were watching at times there's like a lot going on but it's also a very short movie mm-hmm. like it, it was kind of like like we kind of got to the end in the way that the film is plotted you're like oh we have like six minutes of movie left uh so that was kind of the most interesting but like the what i'm trying to get at is that it's very streamlined like in terms of like if you compare this to something like mothra which I would say has is way more plotted mm-hmm. and, and has a lot more of like, here's all the individual characters. You're going to get to know each of these individual characters. Here's your villain. 
we're going to go to this place. We're going to kind of introduce you to the culture yeah. of this place and the mythology of this place. And here's the creatures and here are the fairies and here's the political intrigue of what's going on that eventually all comes to a head by the end of the of the film. This movie kind of, you know, there are some plot points that that open up the film, but really it kind of becomes the monster is here and and it becomes like kind of like a series of dealing with the monsters like it's super streamlined and bare bones in that way to the point of this is like like Rodan feels like the movie that you would see in other movies when people are like watching Mm -hmm. like monster movies like because it's such like an easy like screen cat type of thing where there's like there's a couple fun little monster things in there but um but yeah, that's kind of what struck me most about it. It's just like how extremely uh, streamlined it was. How do I start? <laughs> uh, no, because I have a lot of thoughts. I yeah. do. I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. I mean, I guess I, wait, before, real quick, I guess I should say if I liked the movie, like I, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it's definitely not like bad. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's kind of like... It, more of the elements and kind of where it stands in the canon is more interesting to me than the actual movie. This is a movie that I would have not been shocked if during our preamble you had told me that, oh, we had one idea and then we folded those ideas into another idea. Because the f- mm. just because, like, I really felt like the first... You could have put the first, like, third to, like two and a half fourths not really half mm-hmm. like the first third is into a movie and place it just onto a movie about giant centipedes because that's hmm. also how the movie okay begins. all right yeah um because rodan really doesn't show up until and doesn't even reference until about like halfway i would say halfway the halfway point is but probably here's what the... i think because the first third of this movie when i was watching the first third of this movie my thought was this would be like you watched Captain America Civil War and like Infinity War and then you went back to Iron Man in the sense that like all these other movies are seen these like crazy things and big fights and stuff and then you go back to that first one and it's just how simplified it is mm. you know and how just you're right streamlined it is and then it goes into a point where there's just so much going on that mm. it kind of becomes a complete like that suddenly it's like we've gone you know we get like amnesia and we get like giant pterodactyls and right, volcanoes right. it's like all this stuff kind of happening the other thing I would say, I definitely enjoyed the watch, and it's like it's hard not to kind of enjoy. It just again, like it's like primordial Showa era, and I'm just gonna always get a kick. The out biggest of that. saving grace of the movie is the runtime. Yeah, the, it, it, it kind of definitely falls in like this. if this movie was longer, you yeah. would definitely feel it. My other thought though was like you could definitely tell this was like early on within the the uh, the history of these monster films. Because one of them, that streamlined thing, again, the beginning part really did make it feel like like kind of the classic monster movie. Something more in the style of like The Blob or like one of those kind of, you know, creature, mm-hmm. like kind of a B-movie creature. Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Creature yeah. comes into town. Like you get that sense. At the same time, though, this movie to me has what I would call a thematic glitchiness. In the sense that, in the sense that there's no coherent like the thing is, is like everything about how the movie is presented presents it as a movie that should be about you know um, you, humans like 
taking too much of nature's resources and it coming right. back to bite him. Except that's not what the movie's about at all. No. But like, it's funny just because like every single part of this movie, from the fact that it's like a mining colony to like how, what the ending is to kind of like the birth of Rodan, like everything about that feels like it should be about that. And then it still comes back to the nuclear weapons well, thing. Well, well, it's definitely a Honda hodgepodge in that, where I wouldn't be surprised if all of these individual elements... And actually, I, I feel that a lot of these individual elements are all Honda-inspired. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Any mention of anything topical, I think, is very much Honda. Mm. And, for, and that is for better and for worse, because I feel like at times they're interesting but do feel very obvious. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the mention of nuclear weapons, which feels like very forced. It's out of place. Uh, and, then, and then you get to the ending of the film, which I would probably argue is the thing that the movie is most known for, is, is, the, is the film's ending, rightly so. Uh, which is a very Honda ending, but then goes back into that point where I was saying you can see where they're kind of using Godzilla as a template, and you know, and you can definitely see that Honda would go forward and be a little bit more experimental um, in, or a little bit more experimental with all the the other monster films that he would end up doing. Um, I, I'm I'm halfway with you on the on kind of like the 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 plot stuff because. Um, like ultimately <clears throat> this movie opens up with uh you know these guys working in a um in a mine um yeah. it's funny because it's like it's not at the beginning it's not really established what they're mining and then eventually it's like coal like, right that's, right like, thing. I, I think the important like again they're setting up this idea that you're absolutely right about and it's actually pretty inspired especially when you think about where rodan is being made in all the kaiju films is that they're setting up this idea that they're going in and they're mining the earth and um, it's awakening monsters. Yeah. So there, there you go. Your, your thematics are kind of like spelled out in front of you right there. And when all of this starts at first, well, first there's, and this is where the issues, the plotting issues come in, where it's like there's too many plot things going on where uh, there's an attack and then certain miners get killed or go missing. Right, because there's basically like the film opens at this mining community and these two like kind of rival miners have like a big fight and one of them's like constantly getting drunk so he's like blamed on him of course but they're kind of like fighting each other and then they go into the mines and the two of them are like stuck in there and then one of them basically is found dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, with a stabbing in the head. And so everybody thinks, oh, like, I think his name was, like, Goro or something mm-hmm. like that. Right, like, right, right. Goro, like, definitely killed this guy. Like, he's and he's hiding in the caves. And then, you know, like, there's this whole kind of thing where it's like there's... Which, again, as you say it, sounds more interesting than it is in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's actually not a terrible... Because that's the thing, actually. When you think about what the plot of the movie actually is, it all fits together pretty well in terms of like an inciting like incident, incident of what yeah. what's going on it's just again how the movie's actually paced and plotted is, is a little bit more of a hodgepodge well, because it's also like you know and it's got all these other kind of personal elements where it's like there's like our main character who like is in a relationship with like Goral's brother so basically like now she's getting all like the pressure of like you your your you know your your brother killed my husband and all that sort of stuff and she's like he's like just go and like hide and then they send more people into the cave and then it's like basically like again i kind of like it's more so like again when they start going to the cave because it's all hidden off camera and like there's all this mystery about what's going on when they're when they're killed it's more in the realm of like 
an alien or the thing where it's just, you know, like alien where it's like, oh, like the aliens like off screen and he's killing like Dallas or whatever. Like, right, right, like it's right, more yeah. in that realm than anything else. Um, and so then it's kind of like building up and then what it leads to like, this is kind of like, again, yeah. the primordial nature of this movie, kind of the opening where it's like, we're, we're, there's all this mystery about what this is and like, what could be doing this. And then eventually like our main character goes back to that, the sister's house and they're in a relationship as well. Um, like a romantic relationship. And, you know, she's about to be like, you know, he like brushes off a mob from her and like all this. Yeah. Stuff. She's and, definitely becoming like a, a pariah in the right. town. And of, then, yeah. and then essentially like, you know, he's basically like, Oh, we're trying to figure this out. They're like, you know, being like all lovey dovey. And then out of nowhere, like basically. And then, and then they're like, what's that? And then it just cuts to a giant, like caterpillar. Yeah. And, you're, like watching this movie, you're just like, well, well not just any caterpillar, right? But, yeah. but the, uh, the if you remember the Meganulon from uh, from uh, Megaguirus. from Godzilla versus Megaguirus, uh, which is which I I knew at the time like that's a fun pull, but this is where they come from mm-hmm. initially, to which we can only describe as imagine doing the 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 two guys in yes. a horse suit but in a giant caterpillar suit it's it's the most two guys in a horse suit of any kaiju that we've seen i loved it and it was especially it's so cause, silly cause but it, it's because it, it, you could tell the one guy's got like the pincers on his arms so like it really just feels like a guy like shoving other guys like yeah. when, when he's attacking it's and, very silly but it does have that kind of very early show yes, era. It, like, it has like, that charm that charm to it but it's also the thing where it's like there's no pomp and circumstance of like, oh, here's finally the monster. Yeah. Um, not only that, but it's also like, because basically, again, it's just like a cut, you know? It's just basically like they cut over. And it's like, see, I like that. I like that kind of like as like because they're in the mining town and they don't know what's going on. And I liked it. Like that was actually that worked on me. Is like they kind of. I mean, it's it not like a detriment, yeah. but it's also just like it's definitely like not something they would do like later. I, I, like. I got to be honest. The more I think about this movie, I really just think it comes down to the actual effectiveness of the storytelling because i i actually don't plot wise I, I i agree with you completely thematically but plot wise i actually don't have too much of of an issue with because what so you spend a lot of this time and i feel not too much time like i feel like just the right amount of time with like uh them getting attacked by some of these giant mm-hmm. bugs it's, it's definitely like it builds it does build an intrigue yeah and then meanwhile while that's going on uh there are uh, there are reports that something else has awakened from the caves. Like that's like the big thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, because basically, like they get they chase this giant bug all over town, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's killing like it's killing like police officers and other miners left and right. It's just like it's essentially indestructible. Mm-hmm. Like they're shooting at it, and it's like it's like it you know the thing from another world. It's like it's just it just won't die. You just can't kill it. And then eventually, like I think they they trap it in the rock slide with our main character, and then again, there's just kind of other th- reports happening that like something happened mm-hmm. because like there's like a recorded earthquake, right, right, and they're basically because that's another thing they keep on warning. Like it, it, the the other big thing is like there's a volcano nearby, so they keep like kind of like hinting towards like this whole area that everybody is in is an unstable uh, area of earth. Yes. And no, I would say, because like, I think the thing is, is like, you definitely like, you see that they're like the ground caves in and like, you get a mention of a volcano, but there's no real, like, 
again, there's no real sense of like, oh, they keep drilling near the volcano and eventually. Oh no, 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 no. I, I may have misspoke. I don't mean that, but they do definitely put attention to oh, yes. the fragility of like the earth. Like even when like the the thing happens, it's like. Like, oh, that was a big uh, thing in the, the, the epicenter. There, there's a lot of, and again, just, it comes it down just... to those thematics that they don't really follow through on. You just get this sense that the movie is building up to our effects on the Earth. Because they keep on mentioning, like, yes. this is happening to the tectonic plates, and this is happening to the epicenter, like, right. things like and that. And there's, like, all those mystery where it's like, oh, like, the epicenter was in the crater, but it was, like, very shallow, which right. is very unusual, and then you know they go to the crater and something ha- definitely happens. So like, what's what happened there? Um, and then of course our our Megan don't appear again for the really like most of the rest. Of one the one more scene they they, like they do appear scene. in. Uh, and then like the next big scene, which again goes back to your point where it does feel like there's a lot of like just it it does feel like a new plot point is added almost unceremoniously right. like every five to ten minutes right because like the next thing is like they go to this like once they kind of find this crater this epicenter they go to it and like investigate it and they find the main character who like was trapped in the cave right um has amnesia of course like has amnesia and and like can't remember a thing can't speak like like you know the girlfriend comes in and she's like it's me the the other thing about this movie is that unlike strangely unlike Godzilla and Mothra like the characters are just so unmemorable yeah that's really the thing because it's also like again your real main character the one you kind of like start building on like has amnesia for a, a decent chunk of time and so you basically like don't really get you know it's like basically like I feel like right when you're starting to get to like kind of know the character like he's kind of this becoming a pseudo leader, you know, he's helping this girl like he likes, like from being a pariah because he, 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 like, he's the one, you know, they don't belabor the point, but like he kind of knows that, like, well, it couldn't have been the brother because, like, he's just, he's not like that. Right. So it's like that you kind of are starting to get, build up this character. And then as soon as that happens, he gets amnesia. And so basically all that's kind of lost, at least temporarily. And so you don't get that kind of build up of the character because he doesn't remember anything, can't speak, is drawing weird things. Like, but in a way, you kind of remember his plot line the most because it, it's like the most. I guess you could argue the most interesting, it's the most distinct. Thing, yeah, because the rest, thing the that rest of it does fall into the rest of it. Really, does fall into kind of a more traditionalist monster movie. Um, like, because when you think about it, there's like a scientist character, there's like, like a journalist type character, and, kind, and, yeah, and there's like a police captain at some point, right? Too. But, but none like, are. It really, yeah. again, that kind of reminds me more of kind of those American '50s B movies, where it's very, right. where it mm-hmm. very much was like, oh, this this alien creature is kind of attacking the town, and you get a sheriff and a scientist investigating it. Where there's not real depth to the characters, it's basically them being like. You know, saying scientific. I mean, let's just say there's really not much story going on, right? Like, like, it's because, like let's it's just like, be again, real. Again, a lot of things are being introduced quickly, right. but then there's not really much depth to that story, and right. none of it's like bad. It's just like it definitely, in comparison, like it just doesn't have the personality that like Mothra or Godzilla have. Because at least with like with Godzilla, you know, you have uh, the Doctor Zirazawa character and his eye patch, and you. And, 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 and Dr. Yaman or Professor Yamani and, and, and like and you know the yeah. guilt to those characters yeah. and and mm-hmm. again and that movie like even within those characters it builds that emotion on the World War II stuff right and then when you come to Mothra a couple years later it really does feel like okay well you have kind of this fun dynamic between kind of this interesting reporter 
and kind of the linguist, and then you have the personality of the douchebag, mm-hmm. like uh, Nelson. Yeah. Um, that really, like, you know, because I really listened to the author episode, and it just reminded me of just how much fun Nelson is to watch as, as a villain. Right. Well, and, I, I would argue that all that's a distinct cast of characters. Yeah. It's just that this movie just doesn't have no, that no. personality to really drive home what's, it, it, what's it, happening. It doesn't. Um, and then the big, the, the next big plot point I was going to mention is that uh, that there's an unidentified object in the sky, and this is where the inspiration for the movie comes in, and that one of our um, uh, that one the one of the pilots goes in to try to uh, intercept it. And there's talk about like, well, wait, that's faster than any nations like, right? Like thing, you know, they're, like they're building a, it up. Like, like, it's like basically like it's being that fast. That's impossible. You're right. Yeah, it's like beyond supersonic speeds and and things like that. Uh, and then you know, it, it's 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 creating kind of like um like jet streams in the air and everything. So basically, they go after it. Um, we all know it's Rodan. Uh, you know, especially us. Uh, it is going kind of, into the movie. It is kind of funny, though, when you see, again, how it's kind of presented. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's just basically like we've had we had these kind of these giant, you know, two men and a horse, two caterpillar creatures for a big chunk of the beginning of the movie. Like, that was, like, kind of the main focus. Then there's kind of this other mysterious thing, but they're, they're trying to kind of – the main focus has been, oh, trying to get this guy to remember. So, like, what did he see in the cave? Mm. And then all of a sudden, like, it just cuts and it's like a guy in a fighter jet. And it's just like there's an object, and like I kind of thought, like in my head, I was like, "Is this an? Is this like Rodan, or is this like another like? Is this like another alien type of thing? Right, like, like, right. Like because again, the, the way they're presenting it, because it's also it's leaving a it's leaving a cloud stream. Mm. It's you know, and it's kind of buzzing around, and it's just basically like it's like, and they're calling it like it's definitely like a UFO. It's like inhuman what it's doing, right? Because so- that was a whole plot point in the movie is like they were presenting the the they were giving out the news as if like it's a ufo could it be an alien so i kind of forgot that whole kind of like mini right. part of the movie where like, they're like, like what again, is it just like not knowing what the movie is it's like is this like going to be a weird first appearances of aliens in the front like like it's just like because you don't know right and, it, right and the way they're presenting it is again for the movie that's called rodan same thing where it's just like we don't really get that rodan character to halfway through and even then again it's almost like not unceremoniously, but it just kind of happens. Well, I, and this is, I mean, and then ulti- would, yeah. ultimately the point, the, the, what happens is that it's revealed that, because the rest of the movie at this point becomes Rodan's wrecking havoc, and then they have to stop him somehow. That's ultimately the rest of the movie. You find out more information because you find out that our main character uh, has amnesia because he kind of has this PTSD experience that he was trapped underground um, deep below like the mining like the mining tunnels and uh, where a bunch of where it was infested with the Meganulon and uh, also there was a, a, giant. a a giant egg which was a great shot by the way yeah the, the him approaching the egg you just yeah. see the giant egg well that that's another uh, whole bit like him kind of like getting triggered by looking in the nest. And like him, yeah. like kind of like seeing like the eggs about to hatch, and That's, then it's like remind yeah. like that. That was actually Cause, not cause, bad stuff because everybody like yeah, everybody's trying to get them to remember like you know say my like who am I you know me and like doing all these exercises, and then you know the the girl comes by and she's like relaxing. He's like relaxing. He's like drawing stuff. Yeah, like, and you know they're and they're playing the hand that like every time they show him like 
hey, do you, do you recognize what this is? And then you can see him being like, oh, like, so, yeah. you know, like, you know, something but else is going like, on in his like, brain. Like there's birds chirping and she has a nest. So like, look, the eggs are about to hatch. And yeah. he looks inside the nest and like, just like the whole. I, I thought that like, was a pretty cool the transition. The apocalypse now like type of horror. Yeah. It's like, and basically he was underground and you see the giant egg and you get your first full shot of Rodan and, um, and then Rodan is born. And then eventually escapes, right? Because it's also at this point because they're like debating who, how, like what this other flying creature is, like yeah. even before this. And basically, they come across the the pterodactyl, the pterodon, whatever you want to call it, pterodon, yeah, yeah, pterodon picture. And then like the one science is like, oh, like the these things never grew like above like twenty feet, like like this couldn't be that. And it's like, but well, we have seen these like other giant creatures, so like who knows what's out there? And then so basically, they get him to confirm, oh, because. Because the the reason that they have that clue is because there's this couple that oh yeah yeah that is a part in this that basically movie, yeah. they're, they're basically like they're they're not following quarantine no no because there's at all. all these reports of this giant UFO out there yeah yeah and they're they're, they're they're the idiot honestly they're the idiots who want to go and get pictures at Chernobyl like yeah. that they, yeah. that's what they are they're and they're like, just basically like, yeah we'll be safe we're just going to the crater or it's like right down there like I have I have a friend in researching who said it was okay or yeah like, like that sort of thing yeah. it's like oh my yeah my scientist friend like he'll get it like he's like he'll get us in there he's like he knows and then of course they like sneak in mm. and they were in, like a nice like hotel looking place too like that that hotel like looked pretty nice yeah I mean they but then like I mean listen get, their their vacation was cut abruptly short and then we get the moment it's like the same moment as gmk where like they're taking except not because this is one at least like they take a picture before the monster appears well they're trying to take a you know they're taking pictures of each other and they're like be like rodan attacks in the crater and then like you know she like screams and he like you know take like he takes a picture she gives a classic movie movie monster scream like just the shot of like the girl looking up and the hands come up and you're like ah like, it yeah, was like, like it was, I was actually pretty impressed by like that's a classic that's a, monster that's, scream. It's a good one, and then like the boyfriend like takes the pick, but then he immediately like starts like being confused and scared, and then he sees. Did you love how that boyfriend did take the? He he took the initial moment to like we have to get out of here, but then clearly it was he was on his own. Like yeah. Like, I did love that initially he was a good boyfriend. And he's like, let's get us both out of here. But then when they both fell after the first like big like Rodan swoop, th- yeah. then he was on his own. He, he was off to the races at that point. Yeah, and then they both. I died. thought that was. And then, but they see like the picture, and they just see like the little bit of the wing. Of the wing again, kind of like a thing where it's like the moment of a classic kind of monster movie where there's just like just a little bit of proof of what it is, right, and then right. like you have to kind of figure it out from there. Um, so but then they could get him to confirm that it's like yes, that's the thing I saw. Right, right. And then, but and then you're right. It's kind of like unceremoniously. And again, a little bit of, the, of this is like we kind of can put the pieces together because we know like what Rodan is and everything. So you, you kind of know it, it's kind of very unceremoniously where you're right. It's like Rodan appears and then starts wrecking havoc. And and the reason I don't have too much of an issue with a lot of the story stuff is because on a story level. I like the idea that it opens up as like, all right, there's like, like the, the essentially bugs. So it's kind of like the mining and everything is unleashing this prehistoric ecosystem onto the world. Yeah. So it's kind of like you can see, like you can see the e- how this movie could easily be remade in terms of like they get in there and then they're like, all right, they're bugs and those cause a big problem. But you're like, but wait a minute, those are just the food. 
and then you're like, well, what eats those? And that's kind of where you can see that they're getting at. Like, it's one of those things where... Oh, sorry. And the only reason I mention that is because the what justifies the Mega Nulon is that in the Rodan hatching scene is that you see that the newly born Rodan is feeding off of the Mega Right, Nulon. and the implication yeah. is like he's like growing like basically with almost each one he, he right. eats mm-hmm. is like gross. It is one of those things where it's like it really is like I think you've mentioned that it's just like I think every individual element of the plot is like really just a solid idea. And mm-hmm. again, like a movie like remaking this just straight up like with the same plot you could definitely see like just you would have you would how you would be able to add just a little bit more of connections because I think that's really the thing. It's just like I think I, I honestly think it's just telling the story better. Like I, I yeah, think but that's, it's that's, all that's, there. It's just like everything's there. It's just like you just need the little. It's just it's just missing those real connectors. Like you need the connector from the Mega Nulon to the Rodan. Like you need that moment where it's like you you really get the sense of like oh this is the bigger badder creature, which I don't really think. Like, in just in terms of com- really comparison to the Mega Nulon and just that implication of just, like, oh, this is... I wonder if that if something of, like, that is, like... I mean, the Mega Nulon stuff is fun, but you, I, I guess you're right. Like, you don't really establish it as, like, a threat level to where the next one is, like, significantly worse. Because right. well, I... it's already something that when they're shooting at the Mega Nulon, again, like, they either keep missing or they just they can't kill it. Yeah. And as it's going off this hill and it's killing everybody in sight, and then... You know, it's just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, again, you need that moment where, like, oh, shit, like, things just got more real. And it's just, like, you really never get that particular moment, I think. Uh, Yeah, I won't fight you too hard on that. Um, I mean, I, I, it worked, story-wise, it worked for me about going from the Mega Nulon to, the, to Rodan. Yeah. And I thought, again, that scene, with the hatching scene kind of, like, brings all that full circle but like again it, it, i would agree that it could be done a little bit more effectively um and then we get to kind of like seeing rodan in its early glory and then this is where it becomes interesting kind of in similar vein to mothra where you finally watch the movie that birthed all the tropes and everything that you know about mothra and then Rodan is kind of similar in that, like, all right, now this is the first time you're seeing the he flies over something and then all the winds, like, you know, pick up and, and, and everything, especially with watching King of the Monsters recently. So there's little things where you're like, you know what, that's pretty awesome that, like, here's a Rodan's fighting jet sequence. Mm-hmm. And then you see a modern version of that in and, King of yeah. the Monsters. Um, and then you kind of had that appreciation for this movie milked a lot of like the Rodan silhouette flying over things. So it's kind of interesting. And then King of the Monsters brings that back a little bit. Um, so all that was, so all that was really good. And then you have two versions of the Rodan suit. You have an actual guy in a suit Rodan. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have, um, like the kind of like the model, like plane, uh, wing that flaps a little bit. That was fun. We've talked about that too before. I, and honestly, I would say, this is probably my favorite looking Showa era Rodan. Yes. I, I've never loved the 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 Showa Rodan look I, in the Godzilla we've, films. We've talked about though that like the Rodan suit and like the puppet have is like one of those things where like it was like reused like yeah constant like years I, later. I believe I believe you called the look of the Godzilla Showa era Rodans as he looks like a character from like a rare 
Banjo Kazooie yeah, type like, game. Like, he's like in pterodactyl land yeah, from Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, from Banjo Kazooie. It, it's a little. It, it, but it just yeah. it just feels like this is like the suit freshly made and brand new, and and it just has all its glory. Where it's like again, like once you get to like Ghidorah, there is like if I, again if I remember correctly, they're essentially just reusing the fit the suit almost ten years later. Yeah, but it, but also if you look like the head sculpt is completely different. Right, like, and it's like it probably has that fix ups and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the problem with um. Godzilla era sh- or Godzilla sh- uh, Rodan is that it's kind of got like this kind of goofy look to it. Like yeah. it's got like these this is kind more of, straight like, up like animal, bead- beady yeah. eyes. It's got its like little beak where I feel like this feels like you know they're trying to like do like another Godzilla where they're they're making a threatening okay. monster yeah. and 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 I really I really like that. I, I always like I kind of like it for nostalgic reasons, but Rodan. Again, in his two best appearances for me, King of the Monsters and um, Mechagodzilla. and Mechagodzilla two, the way in which the Rodan is achieved in those movies, I prefer the guy in a suit Rodan. I like for nostalgic reasons. It's I, definitely. I, I, yeah. I never think it's the best representation because it never they they never quite nailed down this looking like an actual bird. No, because they have to basically swap out the entire model mm-hmm. when he flies around. It's one of those things where he's like, especially in the show era, he's always looked better in the air. Like that's just always been mm-hmm. the yeah. constant because it's just, you have, it's again, it's limited, but you still have a little bit more freedom with just like the shots and stuff like that. When yeah. it is just a dude just standing. I mean, this is my favorite right version of that. It's still, in, in all I would still agree. Cause again, yeah. it's fresh, but it's still, again, you kind of have those, that little, you know, you have to shoot it in a very distinct way, otherwise well, it does like look a little goofy. Right, and again, and there is charm in that. Don't get me wrong, and and I'm not going to write it off. But there is something where in Mechagodzilla two and King of the Monsters where it looks like a bird. Yeah, like you you know what I mean. Um, and so you have which the one scene in a, one production story was that this the scene at the bridge. Yes, was, when he falls into like the the water, mm-hmm. uh, there was actually an onset accident where one of the cables. By the way, another charming thing about this movie: lots of visible cables on the Rodan, which I which I loved. Um, but there is a uh, one of the cables snapped, and then uh, he, uh, the the suit fell in, into the pool. Um, but like just the entire wingspan mm-hmm. and like the the actual water like broke the broke the fall enough, and then it like you know everybody was safe. But there was an accident um, uh, uh, with with the actual suit. Um, and then um, and then you know it, it it was fun seeing um, you know Rodan kind of like destroy things with his wings. He's he's got a, a an ability in here we never see again, which is his like wind breath. At one point, he, he's bring, he's he's blowing super wind yeah. out of his uh, uh out of his face, and it, it it gets a little bit into Mothra territory where uh it, it's just spending way too much time on very similar shots of Rodan yeah, destroying and, the city, and, but and, then they they get out of there right at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I thought this was a the, the main city destruction sequence. I thought was very solidly done. Mm. Um. Again, I think it's just kind of like a little bit better within Mothra, just par- also because of just how that story's told. And once you get to the ending, yeah, of that movie. I, I think Mothra suffers a little bit from like there. There's that one scene where it's like the the the, the larva going through the city that's just way too long. It's uh, it's too long. Um, I would not disagree with that. I think like again, it has. I think like the thing about both those is that I think that this one probably is a little bit tighter just because the movie's shorter. Yeah, right, right. Um, both of them have their really cool moments, though, I oh, would yeah, say. Yeah. Because 
the one in Mothra is like you know her you know the cocoon on the on the Tokyo Tower oh, and that 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 stuff is awesome. That stuff yeah. is awesome. And then like the end the end yeah, sequence that's great. In, that, in that New York City thing, forget the name of it already. Um, is is great too. But this one has a really great moment where we get to see a second Rodan. Right, right. And uh, another Rodan. So there's two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the original Mutos in that sense, uh, kind of probably, you know, relationship. Which is something kind of like when you think about it that's like really fun and was probably like, a, like in, in some ways is like because Rodan is such like a singular iconic character now this time in Godzilla yeah. franchise that it's like kind of weird that there's like another one. Right. It's really f- interesting because like, again, you don't really get with the Kaiju, you never really get the sense of like a species. Like Godzilla is the only one of Godzilla because of, again, the, the right. nuclear thing. And then eventually, you know, obviously there's like, you know, and, Manila and stuff. The but like, closest but, they ever get is Mothra right. really with like with the, the twins, but they always kind of, in each of those stories, they always kind of define it as like there's Mothra proper, and then here like the the babies, like, right? They, they kind and then of, one will rebirth into Mothra. Like yeah. it's like one of those things again, very godly, very spiritual. It's like these other larvae won't become Mothra until Mothra dies, right. essentially mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But it's like it is interesting that this concept is just like oh, it's like a, you know not just like these these uh, Meganulon were were a species, but also Rodan was species, and it just leads to like a great shot of the one. Rodan like on the ground is like an upshot so you get to see just like the tougher part of his body while the other Rodan is flying overhead mm-hmm. I was like that's that was that's cool a, that's a great looking shot that 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 was definitely cool um and then and then you're right and then it kind of just then you just get to the end of the movie where you know it, it's weird because you're right Rodan really only gets one big destruction scene yes. and then he he destroys the city and then they find out that it's nesting in this vault in near this volcano and that they're going to try to like destroy him with explosives which is funny because then there's this scene of like which i guess is the movie's scene of like again it's it's this weird disconnected because earlier in the movie you you're right they have this scene where they're like why are all these monsters showing up and then both of us, I think, honestly thought they were going to be like, because we've been mining and messing with the, the the earth. We both said aloud, like, nuclear weapons as a joke. Well, yeah. Well, I knew, I said it as like, okay, here comes the message of right. the movie. Yeah. But I did not expect that it was going to be like, testing hydrogen bombs. <laughs> All right. This is my big thing about the movie. So earlier, like before, like before Rodan's destruction scene, when they're kind of going over, like this is Rodan, this is what we found out. He's this, you know, pterodactyl type creature, like all that sort of stuff. They're just basically explaining to like all these other, like a boardroom, like a, a war room. And then again, the, the person asks, like, what brought these monsters on all of a sudden? And then again, the answer is like the testing of nuclear weapons. Right, right. Um, the movie as a whole would make far more sense, and would improve just a little bit if in that sequence it was about them mining and them drilling into the earth and taking natural resources. Oh, sure. 100%. Well, no, because I'm just saying, like, just from explaining, because, like, earlier in the movie, you had, like, again, like, the mining thing is very kind of cavalier. At the beginning, one of the guys at the mining facility, like, casually mentioned, like, oh, like, global warming. That's, like, a weird thing, huh? Oh, that was amazing. That was so incredible. Like, especially, like, just in modern times, it's just funny, like, 
like that was super early on where they just kind of flippantly talk about like, like the yeah, dangers like, of global, global warming. warming. It's like so it's like you, but it's like kind of that you got that flippant thing. Then you have these miners like dying in accidents in the in the cave. Then you get to like later though, like and there's all these other stuff like little bits and pieces throughout the movie of us like where that thing would go. But then you get to this this part of the movie where I want to talk about like two things. I want to talk about like right before the ending and the ending because you get to this part where you um. The plan is, is like, yeah, they're they're nesting in this volcano. Yeah, this is what I was going to talk about. Yeah. So the plan is they're basically going to shoot missiles at the volcano, essentially, most likely making it erupt early, like letting lava flow out as they destroy the volcano. And then, you know, it'll hopefully kill the two Rodans. And the guy's like, but what a, like, you know, they're like, what about the town? And like, oh, we'll evacuate everybody. And then, then he's like, what about all the forests and the trees? And my thought was like, oh, but then like, if you had that moment where they're like mining natural resources, it would be like an ironic thematic thing where like, now you're concerned about the forests and the trees. Now you're concerned about the natural resources when before you were just like drilling coal into these hills and not knowing what was going to happen. Well, you get this sense that that scene is played as the, wait, this is not a good idea like they do you can tell that the movie and the scene is playing that moral ethical card right like because it's even brought up you're right like about like well wait a minute if we do this like there is kind of like a playing god type question right like because there is and then like the military guys are like well like it's worse to have two giant pterodactyls flying around and then there's one guy who's like what about the economy (laughs) Which is the joke I made. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so, um, but you're right. But you're absolutely right that they, the movie plays it that way. Right. Because then you get to this last scene. And again, like, we kind of were like, oh, like, you kind of realize, like, though, this is like the end of the movie. So you get to this last scene where they shoot these missiles at the, uh, um, at the Rodans. At, at the Rodans, at the yeah. volcano. Indeed, like, they're hiding in these rocks. And the volcano does start flowing lava, and in the most spectacular Michael Bay firework fashion, Mm -hmm. it does start it kind of exploding, and then lava starts flowing, and then essentially they watch as like the Rodans essentially get set on fire. Mm. And again, and there there's this sadness in that scene, and it it can't be denied. Where like the way that they're going about it is like the sadness of looking at this destruction looking at the Rodans basically dying in front of them and just basically like this was like, you know, kind of a mistake or this is tragedy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just like if you had that moment where the thematic of the movie was really driven home as like what we do to nature, that has a double doubling meaning sure, to it sure. because it's basically like not only are we like roasting these monsters in like hot lava and watching them burn to death, We've killed like these two creatures that like you you can hear them screaming in pain. Yeah. But you've also have indeed set off a volcano and the lava is still flowing down to like you know, down into the earth and into the forest and towards the towns. And there's no like in a sense, like well, we can't just like, you know, cool it down or stop it. It's like it's going to come and we've done this. But the fact that it's like again that scene where like the big thematic thing of the movie is kind of like nuclear weapons like or that like what could have been like the big thematic scene of the movie was like we we put it in the nuclear weapons it just feels like again it feels like a glitch it feels like you just have that moment where they talk more about like you know the the nature and the mining and the way that we use natural resources and it just puts the whole movie together 
a little bit better. Uh, I that final scene is a testament to Honda's directing, but also an example of him in this movie shooting himself in the foot a little bit because that that scene is so good that you're right. You're you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't really match up to like everything that you've been like doing you you've been doing before yeah. like and because i like again and as i said before i definitely believe like this is like the scene that the movie is most Absolutely. known for and for good reason and it, it, it's very good i i think they effectively really portray and again, it's, it, they're playing that same card that they do in Godzilla where the destruction of the monster isn't like actually like a, a heroic thing. Mm-hmm. But they, damn, they milk this scene where one, the Rodans are trying to fly away and then one kind of gets caught in the eruption and then falls and burns to its death. And then they just milk the other Rodan trying to come to its help. And then like maybe... and. You can see that it's making like the decision, like I'm gonna go down there with my mates and then burn with it. But then they even throw in like one last kind of like death rattle, like yeah. where it like it goes up in the air and then die. Like you know that's its final like movement of death, and it's like as all the human characters are like watching in silence. Yeah, like they it, it's it's incredibly directed, like you know with the limited kind of visual effects that they have and just with models. It's the best work in the film and probably some of easily one of the top five scenes in, I think, Honda's career for me personally. Like, it's just like, I just think like... Yeah, just that, on its own. Yeah. That scene itself. Uh, but you're right. And it's kind of one of those things where it ends on a high note. But like when you kind of say all the that other stuff... Uh yeah, you don't really feel like that they like Nailed organically it. led to led to that moment because... And then also, it's like, and again, maybe this is kind of the Honda thing, but, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is the very early on in the making these movies, so I don't know if they're putting, like, this much thought into the movies. In fact, I would say, like, directing the scene like this is a Honda thing, you know? I I think they would have been much, uh, not that I know this, but I could just see the version of this movie where they just, like, kill, like, the monsters. And you may have had the same exact scene, but I think Honda is the person who brings the whole, like, no, this scene is actually really sad. <laughs> yeah. But you don't even really get the sense that, that you, you even had in Godzilla where, like, you're right. I guess, like, you're not really spending, like, the time with the Rodans that, like, you know, that play Like, the fact that they're mates that love each other with personalities doesn't really happen to that scene, which yeah. I think that there is kind of a beauty in that. I think that they, that does work to a certain degree, but I think in a, in some ways it does the rest of the movie. It just, it, it, like, it's, it's, the, the final scene of this movie is the best Rodan movie. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, like, like best standalone Rodan movie, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to see, like, a good Rodan movie, just watch, like, the final, like, ten minutes of this film, and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. It just feels like... It really does feel like if this was, like, you just redid it. Like, if you remade it, just, like, the exact same plot structure, but just add those little details and, like, those... Like, push that little, like, the nature, you know, thematics a little bit more... It really could feel like an absolute classic, and it's just right. like it's just it just feels like it. I mean, again, it was still fun to see this and fun to watch, but it just feels like it's just missing just a little bit of the beats. Oh that yeah, it needs to I mean, really to really like put it on that other level. I think it, I, here's the thing because this movie is 
regarded pretty well in like the kaiju community. Like I, I think, and I think to a certain degree, it, 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 it has like um, a lovable place in it. I think it has some of like, it has all of the charm of a movie like this. And I think like, if you're interested in seeing like completing like a catalog of Showa era Godzilla yeah. films, I, I think that this is definitely should be on the list. This is the thing where it's like, I'm not going to recommend this as like, if you're just getting into the kind no, of no, 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 like no. I would not like, but if you've seen enough, especially if you've seen like all the other Rodan appearances or like the main ones and you like just want more, this is definitely a fun watch. Like I definitely would recommend like kind of, you know, stuff like uh, Ghidorah and Mechagodzilla 2 more distinctly as terms of Rodan films. But if you like enjoyed those and you just want to kind of see like a fun fun kaiju film right like this is definitely like not the worst thing you could watch and i think your example of like putting it in like like putting in a perspective of it's more of like a breezy casual viewing like the blob or like those early type of like monster like you know features where there's not really too much plot wise going on there may be some topical like Twilight zone things going on, like you know yeah, how they yeah. did their, ty- their yeah. like there there's that much depth into it, and then otherwise it's just kind of like your run of the mill uh yeah. like monster movie. But I, I will say before I, we kind of wrap it up is I did appreciate like the, like all the differences that distinguished it from Godzilla. Like I liked that it took place in like a mining town. I I, I liked all the new like little locations that they were, and I, and I think to Toho and Honda's credit that they did even though I think the template and the storytelling wise was kind of like similar to Godzilla I think that this movie did enough to kind of like distinguish itself on its own um and there was like a fun intimate quality with like the character even though I don't think it it was realized to its fullest potential there was something nice and refreshing with like you know them facing off with the Mega Nulon and being in like the in the uh, in the tunnels because as we said before you don't really get too much of like stuff on the human scale right yeah and it's like what was cool it was really cool to kind of see sort of the kaiju monster you know honda's directing style within kind of a close quarters which you don't really get to see that much within the godzilla franchise and, and the kaiju films because usually like once you get into because again once you get to kind of Godzilla versus King Kong, everything just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And the thing is, like, kind of seeing the beginning of this movie on that smaller scale, um, and kind of going into like Mothra when they're on the island, and before like Mothra truly appears, like this kind of that little smaller scale to everything, I thought was really fun to see. Yeah. Uh, two other notes I had. Oh yeah, good. Uh, one, uh, there is a very nice, uh, I call it uh, Zemeckis, Zemeckis X zoom in on. Uh, our main character when he's in the cave and he sees the oh yes the yeah for the first yeah, time that, that's great that kind of back to the future like zoom in on like uh on a uh, um goro goro yeah but i was talking about like doc brown when he like like when you zoom in on brown oh like, yeah, 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 like, yeah like yeah. that sort of thing like a very zemeckis shot the other thing the other funny moment from this movie was that the score um when yeah you were really obsessed with the score can i say one thing about the score real yeah. quick is that it, it definitely feels like if a Kube, uh riffs yes like in, in terms of like because it is if a Kube, but it's like it's just one of those things where it just feels like all right here's the godzilla sounding march but we're gonna like change a few notes right. <laughs> well no there's just one part when like when they're doing the the jet is chasing rodan 
And there's this score that came on. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And I was like, I've definitely heard that song before. I was like, because I could hear it in my head because I've heard it. Like, Because it sounds like every Ifakube. No, but I swear to God, he uses it or easily uses that. That's what I'm saying. It's probably very similar. He just changes a few notes. But it's like, it's so similar to like. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like one of those things. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is that it's extremely similar, if not the same, to a score that's used in the Hasey era Ghidorah film. Right. Like it just—it's so similar. You're right. Uh, I honestly, I I felt like it, like a lot of the score was Ifakube taking like his old tricks and just changing a few notes, and like it felt like it was just kind of, which kind of added to this kind of weird Godzilla light quality to 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 this film. So that so. But I hear you. I, I hear you. Uh, but more important than that, who's Harrison Ford in the in the in the in the movie? Uh, That's the problem. There's not really that much else. He could be going on. Like, like I think like he could be. There's a couple of things. Like he could be the owner of that hotel that that couple leave when they're like going to the crater. That's and, a that's a possibility. He, he could be like a news anchor, like saying like J- Japan has right because they go to like. Some, yeah, they go because they go to like China. They do like a Chinese broadcast and other Japanese broadcasts. He could be like the American, like that would be like young Harrison Ford, like yeah. pre like pre Star Wars Harrison Ford, where he's just kind of like a you know American graffiti, where yeah. he's just kind of like a like young kid going into um you know uh, uh like uh, offices in Apocalypse Now Harrison Ford yes. like that that era where yeah. he's talking about like the Japanese uh, think they intercepted a UFO something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, um, oh, one, one, one other, uh, interesting factoid that I think would be fun about Rodan is that originally, uh, Rodan's name was Radon in the, originally, mm-hmm. because, um, because ter- it was Pteranodon is, is, is where it came from. Yes. Uh, but in the English translation, they didn't want to use, uh, Radon because Radon's the name of a substance and they didn't want to, like, use right, that like a as product, a name. Yeah. Right. So they changed it to Rodan and, that became one of the very few examples of Toho actually adopting the um, the uh, English translate, translated name and then trademarking that because the name of the character is Rodan, like from then from on. From then on. on. Uh, but it also makes it even more funny because the English subs for uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 calls him Radon again. So it's like, dudes, come on! They like they took your name, like, yeah. like, like accept like, it. You, you, like, listen, it. you failed on Gigantus. Yeah. <laughs> you got the Rodan thing and just take it, and you're you're still sore. I, I I thought that was like a, a a funny a funny little fact. So as we wrap up, um, what do we have any final thoughts on our winged friend Rodan? We we've now seen the entire catalog of Rodan. I I, I think that's what we said. I just think that. You definitely could see the potential in this film. I don't think they captured it wholly, but I think that, you know, considering especially that this is pre-Mothra, so you really do get, like, the winged monster and you get to kind of establish that aspect of the character. Um, but really, again, it's just kind of like his his role in Ghidorah and his appearance uh, in Mechagodzilla 2, I think, are really... And, and then eventually King of the Monsters. That's, like, really the three films, I feel like, that really define... Rodan because like even with Mothra and like Mothra you could still like I think like you could definitely play a little bit more with like what her defining appearances are but you could still put that 61 Mothra film in that realm I think of just like how it establishes everything yeah I would agree but I feel like like Rodan is really is like 
his three best and his three biggest and most influential appearances are Ghidorah, Mechagodzilla 2, and King of the Monsters. Because I think those are the ones that really establish his character the most. Um, but it was, again, just very interesting. Again, just kind of in that sense of, like, like I said, sort of like going back to Iron Man 1 after you've seen, you know, Endgame and Infinity War and, and Civil War, where you get to see, like, this character at his peak, and then you get to see, like, what are kind of those first steps uh, of that character. I, I think that finally going through like the history of Rodan, I think it's just another thing that is a testament to this strange everlasting international power of, of, of these films and how they went about making uh, all these monster films because here's Rodan where when you think about all the, the monster films uh, has a very understate because Honestly, when you think about it, when you get into Ghidorah, the, the three-headed monster, uh, the three-headed monster, and I and I believe that there may be actual some success behind it. I I think you know people liked Rodan and Toho liked Rodan uh, to the point yeah. where uh, he appeared in other movies. But let's play this game where you know they had Varen. You know, Var- yeah. Varen was like a was, could- was a possibility. Like they, so you could have gotten to. Right. Um, that you could have Varen was yeah, it. You could have very easily switched Rodan and Varen, where Varen is the creature that gets the big appearance and becomes the big thing, and then Rodan's the one that they kind of try to pull out the suit for mm-hmm. in um, and destroy all monsters, and like the suit's like no good or something like that. But the, the reason it's funny is because Rodan, it, it's twofold. If, if we're just looking at the longevity of the of the canon, it's funny that it's a very understated. Um, appearance that I think a lot of people would like forget, and you know, um, in terms of you know its place in the canon, and to be fair, you know it's a movie that I don't think makes a big of enough a splash like that, like um, Godzilla and Mothra does to earn like a, mm-hmm. a big place to remember, but eventually makes its way, much like Godzilla, which made its way back because they wanted to do a Godzilla, uh, like a King Kong film. Rodan just kind of sneaks his way into Ghidorah and then kind of latches on to become, as we said, part of the Mount Rushmore of the uh, of the uh, thing. And uh, what a very Rodan thing to do! Yeah, <laughs> it just—it's like it's, it's like true. Even the behind it's the true. scenes, it like fits the character right. so well. No, you're absolutely right. And um, and then eventually gets like much bigger, better roles as the, as the series goes on. And then the second part of that is that it just goes to show the testament to the filmmaking in these franchises in general that, and the history of making these films that despite all of that and despite this very kind of like sneaky late start that this creature made, the film still occupies this very important time in the entire uh, kaiju filmmaking canon for the reasons we said about, you know, starting the second wave and... Um, uh, Honda coming back and so you know kudos has to be given to Rodan for you know um, maybe uh, you know having a thankless role in that but a role nonetheless well I think one last thing I would say it is not just on a kaiju level and a toho level it just really speaks to just the wild nature of developing a franchise because you just never when whenever you're doing something like new like yeah. that like it's just the things that are iconic and the things that stand the test of time are very easily the same things that could have not. And I think of like, like you know, like 
the like you know the original pilot of Star Trek didn't have Captain Kirk, and eventually like Kirk gets inserted, but like you know everything that's established in that first episode eventually goes on, but then they add you know Kirk or right. or like Star Wars, like so many of those elements of Star Wars, just like if those you know. You know, if Han had, you know, if Harrison Ford didn't come back for Return of the Jedi and he ended up dying between films, like, how does that change anything? Like, it's just like, everything kind of happens, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the nature of making films and making, make the nature of making these franchises are very much like... It's easy to look at the pieces in retrospect and right. being like, well, these were all the building blocks right. to lead to where we like, are today, but it, it really... There's, wasn't like that. It was all kind of haphazard. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's like a world where, you know, it's Ed Norton is smart Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> or if, if, <laughs> exactly. If, if Ed Norton's Hulk, the smart Hulk, like it's one of those things. Like you yeah. just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, if you do, I, I and also, uh, cause I had mentioned this, th- this was like, this movie isn't readily available. Uh, so we actually, uh, had to, uh, sign up for a trial on the Criterion channel for for it, which you know you get it. Maybe you can enjoy some other Criterion movies, there's, but I, I think it's funny that I signed up for the Criterion channel to watch Rodan. Right, I'm sure there's a lot of people. And listen, would. like you were you were just like, oh, I'm just gonna do this trial, and I was like, dude, there's a lot of good stuff on the Criterion channel. Yeah, I you know, and that's the last thing I did want to say. Um, I would suspect that eventually we will get a Blu-ray of, mm-hmm. of this film. Well, if we got Mothra, and if yeah. that Mothra Blu-ray did anything type of well, like I'm sure we'll get a Rodan, and then after that, who knows? It's just like with you're right with Mothra coming out, and with like I know it's a different company, but with like Gamera finally getting like a big box set, and we've talked about many times on the podcast that Godzilla is having kind of like this big international resurgence. I, and, I think Toho's trying to push it. Yeah. I, I think you're going to slowly see a rollout of especially more available, ready um, uh, kaiju kaiju films, well, and especially I, I think with Criterion on, on board. Yeah, you know that's like the thing too, because again, that big show sets Criterion. Rodan's on the Criterion collection. Definitely could imagine. Yeah. them like kind of redoing it, uh, not redoing it. Uh, you know. Re-releasing it, re-releasing it, yeah. you know, you're giving it a little bit of a, ref- a Blu-ray refresh type yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think so. But the question is, will we get War of the Gargantuans? That's like the big question. Yeah, I think that that'll be our next. I, I I think I can promise that that will be our next like Showa era. Yeah, film our next kind that, of classic that we will discuss. But we do know what our next. Yes, episode our next, our next uh, kind of. I, I I at this point, I think it's going to be like a series of episodes. Uh, like like I think the next two episodes will have to be dedicated to this. Um, and, uh, because we do have to, I think, officially complete the Godzilla canon, which technically we have not. Uh, and it, it has also been, uh, by popular demand. This is, this is the thing that we get asked about the most on Twitter by yeah. far. Uh, so, uh, yes, we are going to finally be delving into the Godzilla anime trilogy, um, that can be found on Netflix. Yes. Uh, and, uh. Yeah, so it, it's finally time to dive into that. We have our work cut out for us on, on that one, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how we will be splitting uh, the, the, the three movies, but um, it will be one of those things where somehow we're going to split um, the two. I, I'm thinking, because I've seen them, Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe um, it will be... I don't know. I don't want to... I actually don't want to say, because I, I can see a scenario where there's a couple different ways we can do it, but... All next month is going to be on the Godzilla front, Godzilla anime series. So um, uh, stay tuned for that. And I hope the guys and gals and anybody else who wanted that. The cool dudes. is. <laughs> I hope you're looking forward to that. 
Oh, um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, get ready for that. Uh, but next time is not a Godzilla episode. It is a Bond-related uh, episode uh, in which uh, we will once again be revisiting a volcano. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be uh, looking at um, the life and times of Pierce Brosnan. We'll get to discuss kind of his career um pre-bond post-bond of course as we do with the bondzilla franchise and uh we will be taking a look at a volcano movie we will finally get to look at a true disaster movie uh on the bondzilla podcast. as opposed to the disasters of movies right. that, 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 that we right. like we've seen all monsters attack yeah. that, is a, that is a disaster movie but we're going to be looking at the genre of the disaster movie and actually we'll be talking about a little bit about the, the history of disaster movie genre as well so i think that'll be a little bit interesting but we'll be looking at dante's peak next month all right awesome okay well until then we're done i'm done uh and uh plug away all right we have a uh, email bondillapod at gmail.com we have a twitter account bond uh twitter.com slash bondzilla 7 facebook.com slash bondzilla 7 you can like and subscribe on itunes and soundcloud uh give us a, another review yeah. if you like or a first time review smash that like button or whatever the equivalent of a. Uh iTunes five star reviews are good. Yeah. I mean, we've you know we've we've been we've had some. Pretty or good you know what? Just subscribe. I don't need these trivial pieces of validation that Nick's yeah. looking for. Well, I just need you. I just want you to listen. I, have no, I mean, I have no idea how to look at our subscriber numbers. <laughs> I don't know if you even Shh, can. Don't, don't tell them that. We know what we're doing. We, we know All what right. we're doing. All right, guys. Uh, well, um, it's been real. Uh, until next time, I'm well. Nick, we can't believe you did that, Amanda. Show you. <laughs> Man, demand, 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 demand a show. <laughs>